Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, August 17th. If you're a Civil War buff, you already know why the date, August 17th, is an important one. For the rest of you, it was on this date in 1863 that Union ships began bombing Fort Sumter in the Charleston Harbor. The Confederates managed to hold on despite several days of pounding. Today, you can tour Fort Sumter and see the historic spot in person. Now let's check out that forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Wednesday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Silvine out the door this morning. Maybe the kids out to the bus stop this morning. Small chance of a shower. I think we're going to be mainly dry. Temperature starting out. Uh, down a little bit from yesterday morning, starting out in the low 70s. We'll be in the low 80s by lunchtime, low to mid 80s for highs this afternoon. A couple of isolated showers and storms possible through the day overall. Should be fairly dry. Now, tomorrow, rain chance goes up. It looks like it will be wet at times on Thursday with showers and storms. A good chance of that. At 82 degrees, the high temperature will be down. And we get a little bit more sunshine Friday and even more sunshine as we head to the weekend. Still a few scattered showers and storms, but not too wet out there. High temperatures this weekend in the upper 80s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org slash careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. And let's check in on your morning headlines. There's a new attraction coming to Goose Creek, and it will be named after a man who spent decades in public service in the area. Yeah, Anna Harris attended that unveiling last night and spoke to officials about what this amphitheater will bring for the people of Goose Creek. The Joseph S. Danning Amphitheater will break ground in April. The name came as a surprise after a retirement celebration for the man it's named after. But friends and colleagues say it is deserving for the man who served the city for 20 years and the state for another 15 years. The amphitheater will be located at the Municipal Center campus near the recreation complex in the lake behind City Hall. It plans to include an outside basketball court, a food truck area, restrooms and additional parking. Crystal Reed, the recreation director for the city of Goose Creek, says some examples of events that will be held at the amphitheater are slam poetry, improv, concerts, and movie nights. Certainly, I would say the prior priority is always to serve the low country, um, to serve our residents. So um, we're hoping to bring in different talents to, to appeal to everybody. The total cost for the amphitheater will be about $4 million. Danning secured $1.5 million in state funding, and the remainder will be paid by ARPA funds. In Goose Creek, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. Well, Charleston City Council is planning to rework a proposed rental registration ordinance. That proposal would have created a database of all rental owners who have two or more properties and have a local point person on file who can respond to issues on behalf of the rental owners. Council members voted to defer the ordinance so that it can be reworked. Members say they heard from several people concerned about inspection requirements in the ordinance. 
Charleston police say one person has been detained after they investigated a report of shots fired at an apartment complex in West Ashley. Officers were called to an apartment off Sam Rittenberg Boulevard just after 730 last night for someone shooting into an apartment. Police say the person living there gave them information about a possible suspect who was later found in a car at a 7-Eleven on Sam Rittenberg Boulevard. No injuries have been reported and no charges have been filed. A man of accused of killing two adults and a child as well as injuring a second child in a 2017 shooting in Walterboro is in Colleton County courtroom this week. Kenneth Chisholm, he's accused of killing 46-year-old Philip Miller, 52-year-old Lori Miller, and 13-year-old Vincent Miller May 16th of 2017 at their home off of Low Country Highway in Ruffin. Authorities previously said the killings could have been drug-related. Chisholm has previously denied involvement in that murder. The trial could wrap up by the end of the week. We're learning new details about a fatal crash in Beaufort County. According to the South Carolina Highway Patrol, a person riding a motorcycle died when the motorcycle and a Toyota pickup collided near Highway 278 and Pinckney Colony Road. That crash happened around 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Troopers say the pickup was turning to head east on Highway 278 from Pinckney Colony Road when it crashed into that motorcycle heading west. The Beaufort County Coroner's Office has not released the name of the victim. Classes start today at South Carolina State University, but some students say the housing situation across campus is still full of confusion. Students say many upperclassmen moved in on Tuesday, but some people still haven't officially moved onto campus yet. And despite applying and paying for their housing, they say their assignments have been moved around at the last minute and delayed. One student says she loves her school, but she's frustrated that the university seemed unprepared to handle the housing. There's no communication. I have a friend from that's in the same scholarship cohort as I am, and she doesn't even have housing anymore because they gave her room to a freshman. So she's having to commute back and forth to Charleston just to come to class. Despite complaints as of Monday evening, the university says it has successfully placed all qualified students who were on campus awaiting housing assignments. The university confirmed that it accepted the biggest freshman class in 15 years, and because of that, they are using supplemental housing next to campus, and students likely won't get their first pick of location. Some students in the Charleston County School District have new facilities to explore this morning. Edith L. Frierson continues to expand its Montessori program with the addition of two upper elementary classrooms this year. Molly McBride joining us from the elementary school now. So Molly, you spoke with the principal about why she's so excited about these additions. What did she share with you? I spoke to the principal, Dr. Deborah Davis Cummings, who says this is the sixth Montessori program in the district. She says as a public Montessori program, they have all the components necessary to provide what she believes is the best education possible. Dr. Davis Cummings says Montessori education engages children in communication, collaboration, creativity, and independence. She says they use hands-on experiences to teach children that they have the ability to use their minds to create and to go from concrete to abstract. The school has three primary classrooms, which consist of three, four, and five-year-olds, three lower elementary classes for first, second, and third graders, and this year's newest edition of two upper elementary classrooms for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. 
Dr. Davis Cummings says recent history has shown that struggling communities have not been given the best resources. She says the creation of this Montessori means so much to her because all children deserve the best. The fact that this Montessori, this very expensive way of thinking, um, this expensive way of bringing children into a building has been gifted to all, all of our children, not just one specific group, but all of our children. She says the district has put in a great amount of time and effort to transform this building into a true Montessori, and she's very grateful for the work that has been done and will still continue to be done. Reporting live at Edith L. Frierson Elementary, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Well, the Charleston County School District has several new facilities going into this new school year. One of those is Stonyfield in downtown Charleston. Michael Higdon joins us live from the stadium with more on the renovations. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it has been years in the making, uh, but Stonyfield finally has a new look. And come this weekend, there are going to be fans in the stands and players on the new and improved 1964 and over time the field started to sink and began seeing a lot of ponding. The $4.7 million project is a partnership between the Charleston County School District and the city of Charleston. CCSD paid for the synthetic turf field and the city treated and recovered the stadium seating, added new lights, a scoreboard and sound system. And for the first time ever, they added heat and air conditioning to the locker rooms. Now with the new field, Burke High's athletic director tells me they bought new turf shoes for all the kiddos the program and they've been out here practicing getting used to the new surface all in all though everyone is excited to use the facility again the place that's near and dear to all of us uh, we are appreciative of the city of charleston and charleston county school district for their partnership in ensuring that we have the great renovations and look forward to all of you joining us for our first game um, so we do hope to get the stands filled with the community uh alumni, just anyone that wants to come out to the game, come out and support the Bulldogs. Now, the athletic director tells me uh, the stadium will hold about 3,000 people. The first game is set for this Friday at 7.30, the Burke Bulldogs versus the Stahl Warriors. And while this stadium will primarily be used by Burke High Athletics, it's also going to be open to the public. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, I'm Michael Higdon, Live 5 News. James Island Charter High School students have new buildings to explore on their first day back. Our Molly McBride toured the new career and technology education building as well as the new gym. And Molly, tell us more about these new facilities. The school says the nearly $25 million project will support new and existing programs. The Career and Technology Building will serve nearly 300 students and hold classes on building construction management, culinary arts, health sciences, engineering, and information technology. The new gym can hold almost 2,000 people. It includes an athletic hall of fame, an additional weight room, and a sports medicine classroom and lab. James Island Charter High School principal Timothy Thorne says this project has been in the works for a while. COVID and supply chain issues delayed the project last year, he says, and students are thrilled to finally tour the new amenities. Uh, the students have been looking at these buildings for a long time and their parents, and they can't wait to see them, and the first day is going to be amazing. 
The new project also includes a new sound system and graphics to heighten the experience of the new gymnasium even further. Reporting live at Edith L. Frierson Elementary, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Students in the Charleston County School District are heading back to the classroom today and officials say health is the top priority. With COVID-19 and monkeypox surfacing, parents may be wondering what their child's school is planning to do to keep them safe. Our Lauren Quinlan joins us now from Drayton Hall Elementary. And Lauren, you spoke with the district's director of nursing services. What is she saying about COVID and monkeypox? She shared with me that they're not too concerned about monkeypox at the moment, but they will stay vigilant and keep their eye on it. But as far as COVID-19 goes, they are asking parents and students to do a few things. Ellen Nitz, director of nursing services with the Charleston County School District says, if your child isn't feeling well, stop and think if it might be COVID. Now, this won't be enough to determine if it is, but therefore CCSD is giving out at-home test kits for families. NIT says to keep any positive cases out of the schools, they need parents to test their kids at the first sign of sickness and report any positive cases. If your child does test positive, the isolation period is five days with the first sign of symptoms being day zero. Your child can then return to school day six through 10, wearing a mask, allowing them to get back to school sooner. CCSD is following the South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Controls guidelines for schools regarding COVID. So, for example, DHEC might recommend isolating a whole classroom or monitoring a situation further. What it states is if there are 20% of positive cases within a classroom or a group, then at that point we would then look and see um, exactly what we were dealing with. We would then confer with DHEC on an individualized basis. COVID vaccines are not required, but DHEC and the CDC recommend eligible students get vaccinated and boosted. NITS also encourages good hand hygiene, using hand gels in school, soap and water, and as much social distancing as they can. Now, there are a few select required vaccine students do need to attend school, and CCSD is working to provide resources for families who might not have access to them. Now, for the parents out there, you can stop by your child's school to pick up these at-home test kits, and there will be masks available on campus for the students who choose to wear them. Reporting live from Drayton Hall Elementary, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Happy birthday to actor Robert De Niro, who turns 79 today. Actor Sean Penn turns 62. Actor-singer Donnie Wahlberg of New Kids on the Block turns 53. And actor Brighton James of The Young and the Restless turns 36. Happy birthday to them, and we hope you make it a great day. Thank you for joining us for Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.